Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. Today I'll be discussing SmackDown Live, the June 12th, 2018 edition from Memphis, Tennessee at the FedEx Forum. Okay, so let's get right into it. Uh, The opening of the show consisted of Paige and the four female contenders for Money in the Bank SmackDown brand. This would be Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Lana, and Naomi. Okay, they were all in the ring. Um, They all pretty much stated their case for Money in the Bank. And then Billy Kay, Peyton Royce made their annoying entrances to cut an annoying promo. All right, and a pretty lame one at that. So then Amanda, a.k.a. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville made their entrance and Becky Becky Lynch pretty much initiated a four-on-four brawl, you know, and that's how the show kicked off. Then we had a backstage segment where Daniel Bryan cut a pretty aggressive promo. Um, it looked pre-recorded, by the way, um, like he possibly used like a selfie stick or something to create that video. Um, he cut a pretty aggressive promo on Cass for Money in the Bank, so more lead up to that. And then we had match number one, which consisted of one of their first ever matches of the night. And this was Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin. It was a good match. They had good chemistry. They clicked really well in the ring together. Um, We saw submission reversals. We saw um, some mat wrestling, you know, starting out. And towards the end of the match is where we saw the submission reversals. And this is where um, Shelton Benjamin had even reversed his way out of the yes lock, um, which is very rare. It's something you don't really see that often, but it happened. So, you know, props to Shelton Benjamin for being one of the very few people who have managed to get out of that hold, at least as far as, you know, Daniel Bryan's career has been um, since he came back. Like pretty much since Daniel Bryan has been back, I haven't seen anybody reverse it. At least I don't remember anyway. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but all right, it got to a point where Daniel Bryan eventually reversed, uh, I think he reversed Shelton Benjamin into a heel hook submission, and this is where Shelton Benjamin tapped out. Um, It was kind of a quick match, not a complete squash. It was like a six-minute match, so Daniel Bryan went over Shelton Benjamin rather quickly. Um, It looks like Shelton Benjamin is going to be, I guess, like a lower mid-carder, Maybe even a jobber at some point, because um, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I can't remember the last time Shelton Benjamin won a match. Um, it might have been that one where he um, where he got that victory over Randy Orton after, um, I forgot how he won that. But anyway, like I was saying, I can't remember the last time where Shelton Benjamin really won a match, you know. But to move along here. We had a backstage segment where AJ Styles was preparing for an interview with Jerry Lawler. And then we moved along to another backstage segment where Paige was, you know, walking backstage and she was approached by Asuka. Asuka said she wanted a match with Carmella on that episode of SmackDown, but Paige said that she can't make that happen. But what she can do is add her to the woman's tag match, which was originally supposed to be an eight-woman tag match, but they made it a ten-woman tag match. So, all right. 
now that Oscar was included in that match, uh, then Paige, you know, she runs into Miz backstage after that, and Miz is just already dressed in a referee shirt, and this is, I guess this is pretty much to promote this movie that he's going to be in called Rough Rough Ref, which I don't know what the heck it's going to be about, nor do I care, because I'm not really into WWE-based movies or, you know, movies that contain current or former WWE wrestlers in it. Um, so Miz pretty much got to the point that he wanted to referee the match between Samoa Joe and Rusev, which is another one of their uh, first ever matches. And then after that, we had a recap of Backlash between AJ and Nakamura, their whole little rivalry that's been going since, well, let's say prior to WrestleMania at this point. Um, then they showed a uh, SmackDown match, the one where Nakamura got over on AJ. Um, I can't really remember how he got over in that match because honestly, none of their matches have, to me have been memorable. None of them, neither one of them have been. Um, that might be just my opinion, but you know, you guys might think the complete opposite, but in my opinion, not any of their matches have been impressive or interesting to me. And I blame Nakamura for that or whoever is in charge of Nakamura's moveset because all I'm seeing from Nakamura is kicks, knees, elbows, and taunts. That's not enough for me to say that he's doing really good. So I don't know where people are coming up with that. I just don't see it. All right, so then we had the interview with, um, you know, AJ Styles' interview done by Jerry Lawler. Um, it makes sense because, Law you know, the, the SmackDown episode took place in Memphis, Tennessee, and that is Jerry Lawler's hometown. So um, this interview was conducted on stage, um, kind of on the side of the stage, away from the, uh, let's say, the ramp or the walkway or the entranceway, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that, that was kind of done in an old-fashioned way, like an old-school way, like they used to do when they were WWF. Um, it was a rather quick interview, to say the very least. Some people said it was very well done. Um, that Jerry Lawler was asking him some really good questions or just doing very, very good at the interview in general. It was okay. It was just an average interview. It was nothing special. He was just asking him the kind of questions that you would expect a wrestler to be asked um, about, what, five, six days prior to a pay-per-view. Um, about five days at that point. So um, moving along past that, we had match number two which was Samoa Joe versus Rusev. Okay, so Rusev dominated early on. Samoa Joe might have gotten off a couple moves. Um, he, he made a slight comeback, but Rusev once again looked strong in the match. Um, with that said, Rusev looked strong through most of the match, the vast majority of it, at least from what I've seen, from what I remember. Um, Rusev, even, Rusev even escaped the, uh, the Coquina Clutch, and then it kind of got weird at the end of the match. I think Samoa Joe or somebody had crashed into Miz because, you know, Miz was a special referee. Um, and I don't know. It just got, got kind of weird at the end. And um, Rusev super kicked Samoa Joe, got a three count. That was the end. And it just didn't make a lot of sense to me, and I didn't like the result. I thought that was just a bunch of foolishness, to be completely honest. And then we had uh, Rusev. You know, he got the, he even got to attack Samoa Joe after the match. So, you know, Samoa Joe just looked entirely weak, you know, throughout that whole episode. 
It was terrible. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of questioning what, what, you know, what are they going to do with Samoa Joe? Are they going to waste him or are they actually going to do something with him? You know, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, Rusev hit Samoa Joe with the ladder, knocked him out of the ring. Then, you know, Rusev starts to climb the ladder just as he does. Like Miz pulls Rusev off the ladder and pulls the skull crushing finale on Rusev, leaving him laying face down in the ring. And then Miz proceeds to climb up the ladder, grabs the briefcase. He shows it off at the commentary table area. And I think Byron Saxton or somebody opened up the case and it was just full of pancakes. And obviously this is courtesy of New Day. And then New Day are just backstage laughing like a bunch of clowns. And that's the end of that. Then we had a recap. Hardy Boys. Um, it was the Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania 33. Um, I don't know why they felt the need to run that on SmackDown, but they did. And then we moved along to match number three, which consisted of Jeff Hardy versus Nakamura. Um, I don't know. I mean, there was there was a lot of things that went on in that match, but it wasn't a very long match either. But the match ended with Nakamura pulling off a low blow and getting himself disqualified, which was, I don't know, it's a heel move, but at the same time, this is all Nakamura has been doing in recent months is low blows all right it's pretty old at this point it's like come on it's not this is isn't even like entertaining from like a heel standpoint this is just repetitive foolishness it's just really really silly and honestly i was i was really thinking like i mean because i know I, I have a strong feeling that they're going to put the belt on nakamura come money in the bank unfortunately and if this does happen there's probably a chance that I'll just stop watching SmackDown until they take the belt off of him. I think that sounds about right. Um, and then I'll be able to cover NXT because then I'll probably switch to NXT. I'll probably just watch Raw and NXT as far as WWE is concerned. I mean, I think I think that would be the right thing to do because I don't want to see Nakamura as champion. I don't think he did enough to you know to really earn it. He's gotten what seven? This is going to be his seventh. WWE title shot in like less than a year. I don't want to see that. Um, so moving along here uh, to the backstage segment, which was after that match, uh, it was Renee Young interviewing Carmella. And of course, it was the same Carmella type promo, just really cocky, really arrogant. Moving along. Other backstage segment, Renee Young attempts to interview Boring Cass. Um, I call him Boring Cass because he's been pretty boring. Um, he's been the least entertaining of big men, let's say, just in WWE in general. Um, I believe a lot of other fans would agree with me on that as well. So um, pretty much he di he dismissed her early on, and then he cuts his same old promo style, you know, the whole big guy little thing on, big guy little guy thing on uh, Daniel Bryan. And... He had some, um, you know, a bunch of short jokes and all that kind of stuff again, as usual. And then he uses a, um, like a height measurement chart from like a county fair or something like that. And he was just basically saying that Daniel Bryan was too short to get on the ride and all this other madness. Uh, you know, basically just more short jokes. You know, just another extension of his short jokes. You know, nothing really out of the ordinary or nothing really, let's say, extraordinary. All right, so then we had some entrances and a recap. Um, let me see. It was a recap 
from last week. Uh, the whole Oscar Carmella and Mandy or Amanda thing. Um, nothing special there. So we move on to match number four. Main event of the evening. The 10-woman tag team match, which consisted of Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Naomi, and Lana versus Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Carmella, Amanda, a.k.a. Mandy, and Sonya Deville. So, um, that match was just very, very cluttered. Um, there was too many people, too many tag outs. Um, it was a really, really sloppy, disorganized match. And I don't know. I mean, the really standout moments were the Amanda and Asuka exchange. They did really good together, but it didn't last long. It was very, very short, very brief. Um, and then Charlotte doing her moonsault to the outside of the ring. I think she hit Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, if I'm not mistaken. She might have hit somebody else as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong or feel free to um, remind me. So um, then Asuka, she tapped out uh, Carmella. She, she made Carmella tap to the Asuka lock. And that's how the show pretty much ended. Um, and, and But the very, very ending of the show was... All right, she had the five females in the ring from the winning team, which was, uh, you know, the team with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Naomi, and Lana. They were all pretty much um, standing around Asuka. I guess this was, a, you know, an, an implication that if one of them were to win, Asuka could be a possible target for them. I mean, because nobody said anything at that point. They, you know, then they started looking up at the case, and they were looking at Asuka again, and that's pretty much how they went off air. Um, what did I think about this episode of SmackDown? Um, the standout match for me was the first match, the opening card. It was Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin. That was the standout match of the night for me. Because um, I don't really feel like any of, them, any of the rest of them were anything special. Uh, how do I rate the show? One through five, one being the absolute worst, five being the absolute best. I would give that episode of SmackDown a two on a scale of one to five. But a scale of one to ten, one being the absolute worst, ten being the absolute best, I would give that episode a three. It was terrible. It was not up to my expectations, and it was definitely not up to my expectations for a homecoming show, you know, where you're going into a pay-per-view before the next episode. It's like, I, it didn't feel like a good lead-up. It didn't feel like a good storyline or plot or anything. It's just typical, typical WWE, typical lazy-style WWE. It's like they just don't care anymore because they know they have enough fans to where they could still make enough money and get enough subscribers to the network. Um, I don't know. They, they just It's a really, really lazy and careless product. And like I said about the Raw product, you know, same thing. You know, I don't take sides. You know, I mean, unless one show is obviously better than the other, then I'll say, okay, this show was better. But I can't really say that in this case. In this case, Raw and SmackDown, both garbage. Um, I haven't seen the viewership numbers for SmackDown yet. In fact, I don't even know if they're posted yet. Um, this time of day, I believe it probably is posted up. But I can almost guarantee, but I won't guarantee. But I have a pretty strong feeling that the viewership is either going to be about the same or lower than it was before. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, because obviously I'm not the only fan who, who believes the WWE product is just not very good at the moment. I really hope they improve. Um, there's plenty of room for improvement. Because uh, like I said, I mean, I feel like they lost a lot of steam after WrestleMania. Like WrestleMania was the very last major event that they did that I feel that they put a good effort into, you know, that a strong effort was put into. WrestleMania was really good. It exceeded my expectations. It was a very good show. Uh, I feel like most of the right people won in the matches at WrestleMania, you know, and pretty much everything after that was downhill as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm sure other people will say something entirely different. Maybe not. Maybe they'll say about the same. Who knows? But anyway, this is about all for this edition of K-Access Wrestling Podcast. And remember to support the show if you like what I'm doing and if you'd like to see me do better. Um, you can do that in multiple ways. You can donate um, on the website. You can find PayPal and GoFundMe at kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com, which was the former name of this podcast. Um, you can find my social media links within that same site. If you're on a smartphone, you'll have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, and then you'll see all the little social media icons that you can just press, you know, press whatever one you'd like, um, wherever you have an account and wherever you'd like to follow. On a computer, you can find it on the right side of the sidebar, you know, pretty much on the first page, you'll see all of the little social media icons. And I'm on many different platforms, my primary ones, um, this would be Twitter. Twitter is number one for me. Instagram is number two. Um, everything else is not in any particular order. So we got Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, if I didn't already say that. Um, so many others. Uh, but my main platform for my podcast episodes will be on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash kaxiswp now remember like I said if you want to support the show it doesn't always have to be about money also you can subscribe by going to Facebook and looking you know go to go to my Facebook at uh, what is it kaxis wrestling I believe on Facebook as well uh, go to the little sidebar of Facebook when you first when you first see the page, um, go to the left side bar all the way at the bottom. You'll see a subscribe option. Just click that. Um, this might require you to disable browser extensions, you know, such as AdBlock or Ghostery or um, what's that other one? No Script or similar, let's say, track blockers or, or tracking blockers or whatever they call them. Ones that you know, block trackers on the websites or block JavaScript or whatever. You may you may have to disable those. But like I said, support the show however you'd like to, however you need to, however you want to. So this is strictly up to you. But this is it for this episode, and I am done. I will see you next time, and I will be following up with the money in the bank review that will be the next episode i will see you then um until that point hopefully we get a good pay-per-view hopefully money in the bank is more enjoyable than what i'm 
expecting it to be. Hopefully it also either lives up to or exceeds your ex- expectations as well. So with that said, I am your host, K-Axis. I am signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. I will see you guys next time. So remember to stay strong, stay safe, stay smart. Don't get in any trouble and don't do anything that I wouldn't do. You guys have a good one.